You are listening to the Eating Disorders Recovery Podcast with me, Tabitha Farrar. Hello, welcome to this week's podcast. So this week we are going to do a special called Dear Dietitian. And the idea behind that was that I reach out to you guys and get some statements or ideas on what you would say to a newbie dietitian going into the field of eating disorder treatment. And I know that there's some pretty raw and real feelings around some of these um, treatment provider positions, let's just say, in the field of eating disorders. And usually that's because parents, um, patients have felt that they have not been given the service that they needed in order to recover. And while these conversations can feel awkward, they're needed. We need to learn from people who have been through the process. You know, everybody has such a unique and wonderful point of view to put across. If you're a parent and you have nurtured your child through eating disorder recovery, you've seen, you've witnessed the entire process in a way that's different from, say, somebody like myself who suffered an eating disorder. I didn't witness the process in the same way that my parents did. I was in it. Uh So it's a very different perspective. But in some respects, I don't have the insight that they had of seeing it from start to finish, seeing how it developed, seeing my personality change. I had the viewpoint of feeling those things. But due to anosognosia, which many of us get when we're suffering from restrictive eating disorders such as anorexia, I, I wasn't almost as privy to a lot of the things that were going on inside of me as other people, my friends and family were. And I also um, like to get the viewpoint in this podcast from some dietitians that are actually in the field and have been treating eating disorders for a long time and what they see in their peers and what they would say to help their peers or people that are coming into the field be of better service to the people they are serving. Okay, so that's the focus. Before we get into it, I have promised some certain people that I would mention the fact that there is a patron for this podcast. And if you don't know what that is, it's basically like trying to sponsor the podcast and pledging a couple of quid or a couple of dollars us to keep doing podcasts. So if you feel so inclined, there'll be a link to that in the show notes of this episode. Okay, so I'm going to get on to reading the first insight that we have. And this one that I've chosen to read first is because I like the question that she asked at the end. And this was given to me by Claire. So hi, Claire. And she says, Dear Dietitian, please justify your existence. I'm fairly knowledgeable about all things food and nutrition. I'm woke about the fact that fat could potentially be good for me. If I'm not gaining weight, it's not due to a lack of information or even bad information per se. I'm even aware that I'm underweight and would look and feel better if I gained a bit. Although we may argue on that point. That said, what can you bring to the table, so to speak? And Claire makes two really good points there as somebody who is suffering from an eating disorder, we're usually pretty clued up with nutrition, obsessively so, actually. You could probably say it's safe to assume that we know quite a lot about macronutrients, probably way more than Joe Public and possibly way more than most dietitians. 
And so what she's asking there is, okay, so I'm aware of these things, but what do you bring to the table? I.e., how are you going to, I think a lot of that is, how are you actually going to convince me to eat more food? And that's a very good question. This next one is for a mother in the UK. Dear dietitian, I need you to help my daughter to recover from her anorexia, which means I need you to understand that a balanced healthy diet is something to aspire to, but whilst she's terrified of food and whilst her body is screaming for fats more than anything else, please don't tell her that it's okay not to eat a food group or to be careful about how much fat she eats. I need you to throw out the book when it comes to what good nutrition is and to realise that fat is good that she will need way more calories than a normal person for a solid recovery. I need you to help her to not be scared of food. I need you to help her to get up to and even over her target weight. And then when she gets there and may continue to put weight on, please don't tell her to be careful and cut out foods. Do not tell her that she may risk becoming obese. Never ever tell anyone recovering from a restrictive eating disorder that he or she needs to cut back on their calories whilst their bodies are still adjusting to being a higher weight because their brains seem to be the last organ to recover and that may take a long time, a year or more before their torturous eating disorder thoughts quieten down. Thank you. Yours, a desperate mother. This next one I shall read out is from a mother who's on, in Ontario in Canada. And she makes the point that she would like me to add her deepest gratitude to the dietitians and the team at Sick Kids Hospital, who she credits for helping save her daughter's life. Dear dietitian, please remember my daughter had anorexia and is now in good recovery and her brain is healed from not using the Canada Food Guide. It was by using evidence-based treatment from the amazingly educated team in the eating disorder program at Sick Kids Hospital in Toronto, Ontario. The dietary guidelines were to eat a variety with no restrictions and no vegetarian menu, approximately 3,000 to 4,000 calories a day, and please blind weigh your clients to reduce their anxiety. Remember, this is a biological brain-based illness, a disease of the brain, so please speak to professionals in the eating disorder field and add some of their research and professional teams to your professional development days. And this next one is sent to me by a fellow sufferer of anorexia. Dear dietitian, we are not stupid. By the time we come to you, we know almost as much as you do about nutrition. We've latched onto the wrong things and twisted a few things because of the eating disorder. Please don't treat us like we are silly and don't know what you're talking about. Please don't tell us it's the eating disorder speaking when we express food preferences or tell you that something doesn't agree with us. The eating disorder does manipulate but we are human beings and we do have foods that we love and foods that we absolutely can't stand. We do have foods that make us sick. Help us work around these preferences. We also genuinely like to eat things in the ways that you might think are not normal sometimes. I always love Vegemite with a banana on a sandwich, for example, but that wasn't allowed because it might be an ED behavior, and it wasn't. Be so, so careful when you go to caution us about how much we are eating. I love fruit and when I was gaining weight, I might eat more than two servings a day. The dietitian told me that I was eating too much fruit. 
And when somebody is gaining weight, it doesn't really matter if they have fruit with every meal, if they genuinely love it and aren't eating instead of another food group that they need. I went away from that feeling ashamed, like a big fat pig, and that fed into the eating disorder. It really helps to know that the different foods that you want me to eat are doing to help my body grow. Carbs for the brain, because otherwise they just scare me. What do fats do and what do I need them for? And how about meat? Help me understand how food is my medicine. Don't just dictate, this is what you should eat, but work with me. Please don't ever tell a new client who you see for anorexia to go away and eat more, or give them a list of high calorie milkshakes to make, for example. That's what the first eating disorder dietitian that I ever saw did. The eating disorder laughed and laughed. I came to you because I'm struggling and losing weight and struggling to eat, and you just say, go away, make this out of cream and ice cream and drink it. You're dreaming. And if you're going to work with people with eating disorders, please make sure that you're within the healthy weight range yourself. I'm not going to take you seriously if you obviously aren't eating enough yourself. And that was from Fiona. This next one is from Rachel. Rachel is age 33 and she's from Sydney, Australia. Dear dietitian, please know that we anorexia possessed sufferers do lie to you about what we eat. The illness is a cunning rat that will manipulate the truth. The scales do not lie though, so if I'm not gaining weight, or in fact, if I'm losing weight, please tell me that I need to eat. Don't be afraid to use scare tactics. And please, please, please reassure us that we can eat and we can eat as much and whenever we want and crave. No guilt should surround any particular food or any quantity of food. Food is our medicine as much as chemotherapy is for a cancer patient. This next one that I'm going to read out is from Annika Thiel, who is 30 years old and lives in Hamburg, Germany. She has struggled with anorexia since she was 14 years old. Here's what Annika has to say. Dear dietitians, time and time again during my approaches to cure my ED, I was told to go to dietitians for them to tell me what to eat. Twice I made the experience of going there. Regrettably, I was told that I had to eat healthier, that I ate too many sweets and sometimes that I ate too big servings. Why are you doing this to someone who is actively trying to fight the ED? Everything is called into question and the ED's voice is strengthened. After those appointments, I was in high doubt about what I was doing. Those words keep haunting me and they had a not quite insignificant influence on me to go through so many iterations until I know now for myself by scientific findings through Tabitha that I was doing the right thing then. My body was needing these things and nothing would have spoken against adding fruit and veggies. Please, dear dietitians, do not impose rules on our eating and do not judge it as good or bad. There should be no such thing after years of hunger. Please strengthen us and do not support the ED. After all, we approach you for support for destroying the ED. I wish I had not made myself so dependent on your words. You have tremendous influence on our recovery in good and bad ways. Please do not forget that. And here we have another letter from a parent 
Dear Dietitian, Please understand how important it is that my loved one overshoot their pre-eating disorder weight in order to have their recovery firmly rooted in success. Don't let them subsist on minimal calorie intake and engage in eating disorder behaviours. And please, please, please don't tell them to stick to your eating plan. Listen to my parental concerns and work with me to form an alliance that will force the eating disorder out from the shadows to be acknowledged and dismantled in the true light of day. Please do your research and try to accept the fact that most folks in recovery from eating disorders may need more calories per day than you are comfortable with. While this may fly in the face of your academic learning, please understand that this particular method of nutritional rehabilitation can restore my loved one to their pre-eating disorder state of wellness and health. Whatever you may consider as caloric overcompensation will do no great harm in the long run as eventually things will equalise. However, your interference and misguided comments may do irreparable harm in the short term and usher my loved one right back into severely compromised wellness. Remember that this illness has skewed my loved one's metabolism and it may take some time, but please support them to trust their bodies autocorrect to their natural set point. Remember, we are all fearfully and wonderfully made. Please give my loved one the support and guidance to believe that. This one is also from a parent. Dear Dietitian, I'm glad that you are trying to help individuals with eating disorders. I know you've trained under certain paradigms and influences. I'm going to ask you to change these and open your mind to a new view. Please forget all that they taught you about diets, fat phobia, and classifications of good and bad foods. Once you face somebody with an eating disorder, you need to change your own views. Please do not fear weight increase. Do not fear any types of foods. Do not think that if a person is underweight that increasing weight is going to backfire in them. Encourage all food types. Encourage higher weights. Embrace the curves. Remember that this is about state, not weight, and that all food is good. Do not mention measuring. Do not mention counting. And always listen to the carer's instinct and gut. Always share information with them. Thank you. This next recording is from Laura Collins Listermensch, who is an author, an educator, and a huge advocate and so much work for parents with eating disorders. Here's what Laura has to say. Dear dietitian, I'm not your patient. You're treating my child. I'm waiting outside the door with my checkbook, my car keys, and a sack of worries. I have studied every magazine on this table I have studied every picture on your walls, and I am studying the door, waiting for it to open. When it does open, I will be studying you and my loved one. Next time, consider having the whole family inside that room, studying what you need us to do so we can support the process. Thank you. This is another one from a parent. Really positive. I like this one. Dear Dietitian, thank you for teaching me about family-based treatment and for calling the eating disorder out on the bullshit and for helping me save my daughter's life. Your compassion and understanding of what my daughter was going through and your unwavering insistence on the fact that food is medicine and your insistence on quick and full weight restoration plus was instrumental in getting my girl to where she is today. 
you are firm and understanding, professional and current in your understanding of evidence-based practices, and confident in my ability to feed my child, even when I wasn't. I will never, ever forget your role in this roller coaster of treatment. You were a highlight. And next is another parent, name of Katie. I apologise for the sound quality on this one. Uh, sometimes we have to get a bit creative, and this one was sent via audio through Facebook. The sound didn't come out brilliantly, but you'll get the gist. <laughs> Here's Katie. When you treat a child with anorexia, a young child, let's say a 10-year-old, you need to fully understand the fact that his or her metabolism has slowed to keep her organs alive. When refeeding starts and the body is no longer in starvation mode, her body will rev up that metabolism and her caloric needs, and specifically needs for fats, will skyrocket. The caloric needs will very likely keep rising for years because, bam, puberty will hit like a ton of bricks. And it will take even more food to keep, keep weight stable and climbing and deal with growth and height. Do not be shocked or surprised that anywhere from four to 6,000 calories a day for several years will be essential to full recovery. Also, push for fast weight gain. Two pounds a week or more is completely doable. Push to challenge fear foods. Don't give in to the eating disorder's desire to limit food groups. Don't be afraid of the eating disorder. Support the parents fully. Help them to know that food is medicine and adding cream, butter, oil to cooking is medicine to save their child's very life. There's not much room for salad and apple slices when needing high calories. And please understand that what you have been educated to teach as quote-unquote healthy for the masses is not healthy for a kid trying to recover from an ED. Thank you, Mama Bear a mother who had to become her daughter's own dietitian, therapist, chef, researcher, advocate, diagnosed at 10, who is now 17 and has been in full recovery for several years. And um, this next one is from an individual suffering or who has suffered from an eating disorder in the past. Dear dietitian, I want you to like me and to trust me, and I desperately need to trust you. But my eating disorder will lie or to you or exaggerate and manipulate the truth, even when, or especially when, I really admire you and I want you to think well of me. And my eating disorder will use and abuse that rapport, that trust, and try and preserve itself and hurt me right beneath your eyes. I need you to be vigilant, to trust but to verify, and encourage and affirm, and at the same time hold me accountable and give me the limits even when I fight against them, expect that I will be well. Thank you. Okay, so this next one is taken from a conversation that I had with a mother whose daughter had been through treatment. And in this, she notices the change in that extra 10 to 15 pounds, which I think is wonderful. Here's what she had to say. If I could coach a nutritionist, I might say, um, you know, please just uh, encourage families to, um, you know, aim for certain minimums, but, um, but there is no, there's no too much like that, that um, uh, will, you'll start to see the difference when they get better, you know, that, that you shouldn't be afraid of them gaining too much weight. You know, we have heard close to a year, at least 10 months, 
at what was supposed to be an appropriate weight and saw no change until I was at least 12 to 15 on, you know, and she's obviously what she's supposed to be. And her mind came back, which is the most, you know, matters more than anything. This next recording is by Therese Waterhouse, who is an eating disorder specialist and registered dietitian. So dear dietitian, about to launch onto your career, and especially to those dietitians who are either new and hoping to be eating disorder specialists or even seasoned dietitians who want to make a career change to be eating disorder specialists. I want to first say that our basic training in dietetics and nutrition, while it's great, it does not prepare us at all to be eating disorder specialists. So whether you're new or, or changing your area of specialty, you first need to know how to re- work as part of a multidisciplinary team, meaning you need to know how to work with doctors, psychiatrists, pediatricians, other PCPs, and you need to know how to work with the mental health field. I like it when therapists know something about nutrition and know what it takes to restore weight so they can reinforce my message. I similarly need to know what cognitive behavioral therapy is, what dialectical behavioral therapy is, what acceptance and commitment therapy is, so that I can reinforce messages from the therapist. I should know how to do family-based treatment. Family-based treatment is basically about support. And so to that end, I believe family-based treatment has a, a long ways to go in extending its arms to embracing other people as being those support people whether they are friends, whether they are peers, whether they are online support coaches, whether they are parents. What we have seen clearly in the past few years is that in order to recover from an eating disorder, you need to be with other people, you need support. And so dietitians, in regards to that understanding support, it really means knowing that you don't cling to some one way of of thinking about eating. So for dietitians, sometimes giving up our favorite things like intuitive eating and eating healthy, you know, these are the challenges for us. But if you're working with eating disorders and you hope for that to be your specialty, you're going to have to think differently. The other thing I think for anybody treating eating disorders is you have to invest in yourself. I am shocked by how many people say they treat eating disorders and they're not a member of the International Academy of Eating Disorders or the International Association for Eating Disorder Professionals and they're not going to these international conferences and they're not getting supervision. Please don't do that. You know, you need to be the best professional you can be. So you need supervision, you need ongoing training, you need to invest in yourself. You can't just say, oh, I've gone to one seminar and now I'm an eating disorder professional. Nope. You are doing your clients a disservice. So you need to highly invest in yourself if you're going to adopt this as an area of specialty. And finally, I'm going to finish with 
four points that I would say to a dietitian. Dear dietitian, number one, know what you are doing. Do not step into eating disorder treatment unless you know you can handle the heat. You can do harm, and I see it on a regular basis. If you want to treat eating disorders, you cannot learn how from a book. You have to listen to parents and more experienced leaders in the field. Number two, use the resources available to you. And by resources, I mean people. If you are dealing with a child, that means the parents. If you are dealing with an adult, that means partners, spouses, or other professionals that that adult might be working with. The more information that you can gather, the better, because you cannot entirely rely on self-reporting from the individual whom you are treating. Even if that person is honest, their view of their own actions and intake is often distorted. You will need all the help you can get. Do not underestimate the benefit of using other people in the individual's life to get a better picture of what's actually going on. Number three, control your facial expressions and your words. Mostly the facial expressions, because often when a dietitian has learnt not to express judgment via words, it's still happening via body language. We are scanning you for judgment all the time. If you so much as squint when we mention ice cream, you've lost our trust. And number four, do not expect a person with anorexia to be able to follow intuitive eating in the first couple of years of recovery, or even ever. Regardless of how fashionable it is, drop it. Anorexia can dress up as intuition. Thank you to everybody who took the time to write a letter, dear dietitian, or to send in an audio. I really appreciate it. And other people will as well. A lot of people listen to these podcasts, and I know that there are a lot of dietitians that listen to these podcasts as well. So by voicing your opinions there, you're actually really helping to do some work to better the field of eating disorder treatment. The next item in this series is going to be Dear Doctor. And so, aimed at not eating disorder specialists, but frontline doctors. So if you're in England, you're talking about your NHS GP, primary care physician if you're in the USA, or whatever the equivalent is to which country that you're in. I would appreciate your views on what you would say to doctors who might see somebody with an undiagnosed eating disorder coming into their office and what you can say to them to encourage them not to ignore and not to be scared of pointing out an eating disorder if they're suspicious that there's one there. And so you can send those to me at my email address which is info, I-N-F-O, at tabithafarrar.com or you can throw them to me on Twitter. My handle is at love underscore bat underscore. I really appreciate your opinions. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you enjoy these podcasts, there's a link to our patron in the show notes. We'd love to keep going. So any contributions that you can give will be very, very, very gratefully accepted. Thank you. Have a nice day.